Welcome to Torn Stubbs, the Trash Movie Podcast with me, Robert Gershenson, photographer and creative director of Trash, which can be found at movetotrash.co.uk and Joshua Winning, the greatest film critic you have never heard of. And we're going to the movies. Joshua and I have a big old shared film knowledge, but there are always gaps that need to be filled. So Joshua has recommended a film that I've not yet seen. And this episode, Joshua has recommended Dirty Dancing, directed by Emile Ardolina. Joshua. During a lazy summer away with her family in the Catskill Mountains, Baby, played by Jennifer Grey, gets the hots for a bad boy dance instructor, Johnny Castle, played by Patrick Swayze. When she discovers his dance partner is pregnant, she steps in to be trained as her replacement, which is when sparks really fly. But really, the plot isn't necessary because it's mostly about dancing and sexual chemistry. And... The main three things that I knew, that I kind of knew about this film and took away from this film that I think everybody does are one, the lift, which is like something that people go crazy over. Two, nobody puts baby in the corner, which is just a stupid line anyway, frankly. And three, I've had the time of my life by Bill Medley and Jennifer Warnes. Rob, had you seen this before? I had. I had seen it before, maybe once-ish like years and years and years ago. I feel I haven't seen it for about 25 years. My mum and my sister used to watch it on VHS. And so it's always on, it was one of those films, I think I know it by osmosis. So Mm -hmm. a lot of the film was familiar, but for all intents and purposes, I was paying attention for the first time (laughs) ever. But obviously, Nobody Puts Baby in the Corner, that I felt like I'd seen before. I think I've seen that in YouTube videos or that or whatever. The end, um, I'd seen before because it's always in like movie compilation shows. But generally, just consider that this is pretty much my first time actually paying attention to this film. Mm-hmm. But like I said, my mum and my sister used to watch this on loop, and especially the end, so much so that they wore out the tape. <laughs> I mean, they wore something else out. Oh, dear God, don't go there. (laughs) That's not giving Um, me the lift. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this this was like, I think this might be the first notion in my head of what a chick flick used to be. If we're talking about sort of films before the age of millennial enlightenment, films, there were films for women, there were films for men. This was geared towards women. This was... Patrick Swayze's big, big break. He'd been in, I think it was The Outsiders, uh, the Francis Ford Coppola mm. movie, all black and white with Matt Dillon and Tom Cruise before he had his teeth fixed the first time um, and a couple of other people coming up in, in, in that sort of era in the late 80s, mid 80s to late 80s. But this was the first film where people went, who he? Who, who dis? Who are those New arms? Number, who dis? Who are those arms? Who are those arms? Who are those abs? Who's that hair? <laughs> <laughs> and like this kind of made him go from zero to 60. And then after this, he got ghost and roadhouse and then disappeared mm. into Donnie Darko. And then he died. Essentially. But he is, he is brilliant in this film. He is firing on all cylinders. He's like, he looks like a T-bird. He's got his like leather jacket. Yeah. And but he's that's like, the times. What's the sixties? It's, it's set in the sixties. It's the early sixties because 
uh, JFK had not yet been shot. Yeah, exactly. Voice of who's she narrating to? <laughs> I know. Who's she fucking narrating the to? The watermelon. Just sat, <laughs> just sat in the back of the car talking to herself. But yeah, Swayze is like this kind of manly, sensitive teenage girl's dream where he's kind of just bad enough, but he's misunderstood. Like he's a bad guy from the wrong side of the tracks. Literally, I think he says that at some point. Um, Are you, that's from Ladybird. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, whatever. But, but no, he, I, get, um, I get that. He's a bad boy. He's a bad boy. He's the bad boy who, who is... He's bad to the bone. But he's kind of like bad... He's not bad enough that he's going to kill you in the woods, but he's kind of like, he's just good enough that if you're, if you treat him with some care, like he's going to fall in love with you and he's going to want to spend his life with you. And I didn't buy into his plight. Like he, his, his big, his big worry was that he wouldn't be able to secure his job for next summer yeah. and he wouldn't be able to go to the winter season or whatever and the summer season and I'm just thinking just get a job somewhere <laughs> else you, stop, you're a freelancer stop moaning <laughs> just, it was just this film might as well be called Dirty Freelancer <laughs> I just didn't buy into that bad boy thing and no he, he wasn't bad enough for me he wasn't like you know like the the guy from Greece who's the head of the other rival gang, the guy with the, the bad acne who's like 40 years old and yeah. still at school. Oh, it's terrifying. He wasn't that bad and I wasn't worried for Baby or mm. for the sister or whoever else he was trying to fuck at the time. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it does. But the thing is, it, it it does say something quite interesting about sexuality and gender politics. Like he, in his in his mind, like he explains his life basically to baby and he says um you know they were using me like all these rich women come and they want to stay and they want to hang out with me and yeah they were basically using me and it's quite a post-modern look at kind of the the female gaze and the male gaze and and how what is the power play here actually and who's being exploited here oh he's being um, completely exploited yeah and it i don't know but he plays along with it because yeah, he, he does the work he needs to work. He enjoys the attention. Yeah. Um, and, but then, you know, eventually he wakes up and he finds the right girl type thing. But it does say something quite interesting about that, about gender politics. And I did really enjoy the fact that uh, Cynthia Rhodes is is his friend, who's the pregnant friend who's, oh, who's, going, um, who's going through the Lisa? drama. Is it Some, Lisa? Yeah, something like that. Is that the sister's name? The blonde girl? Yeah, yeah, the blonde girl. Oh yeah, Lisa Hausman. Yeah. No, wait. Penny. Penny. Sorry. Yeah, there is someone called Lisa, but it's not her. Yeah, Lisa's That's the sister. The sister yeah. yeah, the one's like, over the coconut. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> the best worst singing ever. <laughs> um, but I know I really enjoyed that that relationship where they're kind of siblings and they're they're in this together as yeah. like poor dancers. And she actually stole the film for me, even though it's all really? about Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey. I felt far more affectionate towards her character because you see her go from this kind of ice cold bitch and then you learn why she is that way. Yeah. And and then when you glimpse her at the very end in that final dance scene and she's talking to baby or she's talking to the dad maybe or somebody, um, I just had this like swell of feeling for her because I was just <laughs> like, you've been through some shit, man. And Did you cry? I didn't cry, but... Did you well up? No, I, I, but I did get like a little happy tingle in that final scene and I hated myself for it. I welled up three times. <laughs> I 
I've got a list of one I welled up. Go on then. Give me your um, well list. So I welled up with the final lift. Yeah. I welled up um, the dad saying, you looked wonderful mm. up there. The dad got me. My God. He's been in other stuff, but I can't place him. He's old school. He's yeah. like an old school actor. Um, I also welled up with the nose wrinkle. What? So at the at the end of the film, when they've done the lift and they're just dancing in each other's arms and the music, and it goes, go oh, up to you. And Patrick Swayze does this thing with his head and he does this nose wrinkle. <laughs> and I remember that was one of the bits that my mum and sister used to keep rewinding and watching over again and again and again. So like, the nose wrinkle. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Do you know the bit I'm talking about? No, I can't remember. Get up that on you, get up on, um, on Netflix now, and I'll show you. Okay, so has he done the lift yet? Show me the scrub at the bottom. Yeah. So, oh no, no, keep no, 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 no. It's here. It's, it's coming up here. So look, they've already done the lift. And then it's the slow bit, so before they go back in. So watch this. And he's like miming along badly. He does this nose wrinkle. I'm glad that she doesn't mime back. Oh no. Oh. Here we go, watch this nose wrinkle. It's watch. Look at that! <laughs> It's amazing. But they used to just keep going. And it's not like you could scrub back. It was like... It's a top loader. Is that why you cried? Because it was like some kind of Pavlov's bell thing. <laughs> But it's just, it's so weird. I don't know if it's because, like, bringing back good memories, but it is quite a, I mean, it's a tight 90 minutes as well. Yeah. Tight 90 minutes. When I was watching it and, and they got to the point half an hour in where they go, well, Penny needs to go get her abortion. And it's on Thursday night, the big dance on Thursday night. We need to do the thing. I'm thinking, ah, this is the plot of the film. This is yeah, where. That's the little moment that goes, this is the plot. She has to dance. Yeah. But then that's over within five minutes. Yeah. And so then there's then like I a great thinking, long what, montage. What is the plot of this film? Well, it's, it's, it's a, just more of a two people get to know each other film. There's no real it's thread. Not, it's like it's a, more than a two people get to know each other. It's like a sexual awakening film. No, no, but in, in that respect, but in the sense that it's not a mission film. It's not like, right. let's make her a good dancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that happens within ten minutes. Yeah, they go up to the other the other camp down the road and and do the dance there, and then they come up. He's like, "Wash that makeup off your face." Yeah. Um, but it's it's more about looking at sixties, like you said, gender politics. The two contrasts between the generations. The dad, even though he never, even though he never says it out loud, it's the kids' perception of the the parents. Um, attitudes towards sex and mm. sexual relations and and uh, you know how to go out with boys and that sort of awakening so it's more of like a slice of the the, the cross between the it's like it's like at the end of the at the end of the the thingy where the, the guy who owns the camp is going I feel everything's changing <laughs> it's that that generational shift yeah it's that shift from from the old to the new and it's yeah. this really cool like cross section Almost like a, a crossroads of the old people going this way and the young kids taking it in this direction. So it doesn't necessarily need a mission um, storyline. You know, like 
is it she's got to have it or not? She's all that. It? She's all that where you've got to make the, make the ugly girl look like the prom queen. Yeah. It's not like that. It's not like train the kid up. It's yeah. just a let's watch these characters interact. So it's more of a character piece, really, as opposed to a storyline. Yeah, that's true. The only thing that I that really struck me watching it this time was that it's I, I kind of forgot that it was set in the 60s because Jennifer Grey and Patrick Swayze are far too 80s contemporary. They don't look like they came from the 60s no, at all. No, and the music as well. Yeah. It, like, it, the soundtrack is brilliant. Like, soundtrack's great. Big girls, big girls don't cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, it's great. hey there, lover boy. Otis Redding, Eric Carmen, Hungry, Hungry Eyes. So Hungry good. Eyes. But there's an 80s track. What? Hungry Eyes. Is, is it? Like, yeah. Do you not... Do I didn't know that. You listen to it. It's no, an I, 80s track. And I've had the time of my life is an 80s track. Ah, uh, I didn't... Well, see, I didn't know that. All I knew was that the actors did not seem like they, was, they were in that period. Everyone around them did. Yeah. The sister did... I mean, Lisa didn't really... No, sorry, Lisa did. <laughs> Try and find that bit, because I can't remember what the, the song... Just Scrub, you'll see. It's probably about... Scrub? It's I've never heard about, that word before, ever. It's, it's probably about 20 or so minutes in, because it's... No, it's towards the end. Is it towards the end? Yeah, because she's all... She's all she's... Oh, she's auditioning for the... Um... Hola, 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 hola. Yeah. It's it's brilliant comedy. Yeah. But such horrible, horrible singing. I remember when I used to be on, I used to go on, um, we used to go to a hotel called Sandbanks. And it was like, bring the kids. Because there's a, at the hotel, there's a kids entertainer. So you need the, the kids and there's activities and shit. So it kind of reminded me of yeah. that. Where it's like, who wants to do a funny dance today? That kind yeah. of bullshit. It doesn't really happen now because well, like, well, they... kids are woke. Yeah, but they literally call her baby to try to stop her growing up. Yeah. She's like, oh, they call me baby. I, I don't really know why. It's like, cringe. But It's weird when the dad is calling her baby. Yeah, it's weird. That's fucking weird. What I find interesting about this film is how it exploded so hugely. And it became right such... Time. Yeah, and it yeah. became such a specific film for such a specific audience. Like we were saying earlier, it, it weirdly just became like the girls film like yeah like boys i didn't i hadn't seen it until i was maybe 24 25 35 yeah and for me. and it it's like it became this huge phenomenon but i find that interesting because it's 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 kind of like the little miss sunshine or the la la land or the whiplash of its day where it was this tiny independent film it wasn't a huge was film indie? It was tiny. Oh, fuck. It had the tiniest budget. That's so weird that this it's become a cultural... And it's become this linchpin. thing. Linchpin? Linchpin? Is that what it's called? I don't, that's it's right. Like a, it's like a tempole, like a, a yeah. cultural tempole. Yeah. You know, you, know, yeah. you know, when you say, nobody was baby in the corner, they know exactly what exactly. you're talking about. And I find that fascinating. About the time of my life. <laughs> they know exactly what you're talking about. So this was directed by, as you said, Emil Ardolino, who won an Oscar... In 1984. For no, oh. for a documentary that he made. His, I think it was his debut called He Makes Me Feel Like Dancing. Uh-huh. No G. Um, he was a choreographer. And he made this. He made Three Men and a Little Lady. Oh. Which I love. He made Sister. You know who made Three Men and a Little Baby, the first one? Oh, yeah. Pat, uh, Leonard, Leonard Nimoy. Nimoy, yeah. Leonard Nimoy. Uh, he also made Sister Act. Oh. Which is a great film. What about, and then, what about Back in the Habit? Did he do the second one? No, because he tragically died 
1993 from AIDS-related complications. Fuck. It's really sad. Because this actually is like... This is like a really solid film. And I think every film he did was relatively solid. Yeah. And weird that become like cultural... Yeah. Again, culture. Sister Act is another one. This yeah. and Sister Act have been turned into stage musicals. Yeah, they have. So is Ghost, actually. Oh, yeah. Does that mean Donnie Darko has to be turned into a musical? <laughs> That'd be great. Um, but it's just this... Yeah, it's sad because... This has such a great feel to it. Like, as soon as it, like, I did, I wasn't looking forward to watching it. I have to admit, I saw it a while ago. I didn't love it. I thought, well, I'll, you know, I'll watch it again. But now so you've seen it with two thousand eighteen eyes. I've seen it through woke eyes, and um, <laughs> hashtag woke. And it, as soon as I started watching it, I just got this like really cozy feeling of like the sixties. It's like a great location. It's like a lake and green ca- greenery and cabins and. It's like the anti-Friday the 13th. I was just going to say that! (laughs) (laughs) So that was Dirty Dancing, directed by Emile... We didn't mention Dennis Nedry from Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, it's only a small role. So that was Dirty Dancing, directed by Emile Ardolina. If you like that, let us know about it on Twitter, at TornStubsPod. And please consider giving us a five-star rating on the uh, podcast app. On the what? <laughs> and please consider giving us a five-star rating on the podcast app. We're off to carry a watermelon <laughs> with Dennis Nedry from Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, I remain Robert Gershenson. I'm Joshua Winning. Cut! <laughs>